0: Hello, Louisiana, I'm Carrie Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Thursday, September 26th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Kerry Martin. Sugarcane planting is about wrapped up here in Louisiana, and sugarcane harvest is just getting underway. We'll talk with Iberville Parish cane grower Cecil Ramagas to get an update on what's happening on his farm coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. The American Farm Bureau Federation says the new trade agreement between the U.S. and Japan is a positive step for agriculture.
1: Michael Clements has more from Washington. The announcement of a trade agreement between the U.S. and Japan means more market access for U.S. farmers and ranchers, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. While the agreement itself is not yet finished enough to be signed, the U.S. and Japan Wednesday signed an intent to agree. Dave Salmonson AFBF Senior Congressional Relations Director, says the agreement levels the playing field for U.S. ag exports into Japan.
2: For agriculture, the fact that the U.S. and Japan are signing a trade deal is a win especially for our exports. We already sell about $13 billion a year to Japan in a variety of products, but we're fearful of seeing that erode if we don't have this trade deal.
1: The agreement lowers tariffs over time on U.S. agricultural products. Salmonson says exports to Japan may increase by $3 billion.
2: We will be even with our competitors, and we should see good increases in our beef competitiveness into Japan pork tariffs are going to go down, have more excess for dairy, and our wheat producers were concerned about falling behind our competitors. So the fact that we'll be in there again with the same tariff as other countries should shore up what has always been a very good market for wheat into Japan.
1: Japan's legislative body must approve the agreement once finalized. Salmonson says farmers and ranchers may start benefiting from the agreement next year.
2: If the Japanese parliament does everything they need to do this fall, we could see this agreement go into effect uh, on January 1st. And this will also be a really good signal for other countries we're negotiating with, that uh, the U.S. can close out trade agreements.
1: Michael Clements, Washington.
0: Unfortunately for Louisiana rice farmers, this new trade agreement with Japan does not include rice. However, that could come in a second agreement. That's according to Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain. I was on a phone call yesterday, a conference call with the White House yesterday at 2 o'clock, and said rice is not included in this first round but will definitely be included on the second round. And so we'll be talking more about how we get to sell more rice specifically into Japan. President Donald Trump told reporters this week it would be a shame if the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement doesn't pass through Congress. Speaking during a White House press conference, Trump said the fate of USMCA is going to be a very interesting question. The White House earlier indicated this week that the impeachment effort by House Democrats has destroyed any chances of legislative progress. Crawfish season is just around the corner here in Louisiana, but an LSU Ag Center crawfish expert is advising that it's too early to start flooding fields. LSU Ag Center and Sea Grant crawfish specialist Mark Shirley says straw and vegetation in the fields that have been flooded would deteriorate, depleting oxygen in the hot water. Shirley says fields that become flooded from rain should be flushed to move bad water off the fields. He says right now those crawfish are safer down in the burrows for at least another three or four weeks. Pastures are browning out in some states, while in other places pastures are too wet. Stephanie Ho reports.
2: USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says pasture and range conditions remain mostly steady.
3: No change in the good to excellent rating. 45 percent very poor to poor rating increased two points during the last week to reach 24 percent very poor to poor by September 22nd.
2: He says pastures have been drying and browning out in Ohio and the southeast.
3: Virginia bubbles to the top of the national list now. 66 percent of the pastures rated very poor to poor. We have seen those numbers numbers. numbers increased to 40 percent or greater in a number of other states that includes Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, and the Carolinas.
2: He notes dryness in Texas, California, and Arizona.
3: That said, we've had a lot of late summer and early autumn rain in the north central United States, and that has left things looking pretty green, albeit unfavorably wet in some cases.
2: Where is it too wet? The Dakotas and Nebraska. This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
0: The USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service in Louisiana has announced an application period for the Agricultural Conservation Easement Program, Wetlands Reserve Easements. In fiscal year 2020, private landowners across the state are encouraged to apply. Applications for the ACEPWRE will be accepted on a continuous basis with monthly batching periods. Interested landowners are encouraged to apply by Friday, October 25th of this year for 2020 funding consideration in the October application batching period. For more information, contact your local NRCS office. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always check our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com. We keep it updated every weekday with the latest news and happenings right here in Louisiana agriculture. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Just click the button in the middle of the home page, fill out your name and email address. We'll send The Daily Voice right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We did not see a lot of direction in the grain markets today. Soybeans and corn both closing slightly lower. Oliver Slope is with Blue Line Futures in Chicago.
3: Well, we've just been in one of those markets that we haven't really gotten a whole lot of new news, and I think a lot of that is kind of on the back of, of waiting to see what some of these harvest, early harvest numbers come out as for corn. We've been more or less a stick in the mud around 3.75, plus or minus 3 cents. Bottom end of the range that the Bulls want to defend on a technical basis comes in at 3.63 to 3.66. This is kind of where we broke out after coming off those contract lows, so previous uh, resistance now becomes support. We held that last week, kind of tested it a little bit earlier today, but need. To see that hold throughout the remainder of the week. If we can do that, I wouldn't be surprised to see prices kind of bounce back here, but not looking for anything major. Resistance has been a brick wall at 377 to 380. If we can get some sort of good fundamental news to get the market out above here, I wouldn't be surprised to see that spark around a short covering. And out above that resistance pocket, there's really not a lot until you get back to that gap at 392 and three quarters. So down here at the bottom end of the range, I think there's pretty good value from a risk reward standpoint, but need to get some new news to Get this market going in the right direction. We haven't been able to get really any, including this morning's um, kind of dismal export sales after last week's uh, good one.
0: Soybeans closed fractionally lower with November beans down three quarters, 888 and a half. January soybeans down a half, 902 and three quarters. Corn was slightly lower, December corn down one and three quarters, 372 and a half. March corn down three quarters, 384 and three quarters. July wheat up five and a half, closing at four ninety eight and a half. and a half. A nice jump in the rough rice market today. November rice up 18 and a half at 12.08. January rice up 19, 12.29 100 weight. November sugar up 15 points, 25.75. Now, with a look at the cotton
4: market, here's Don Molino. Cotton futures down on the nearby contracts on Thursday. Weekly export sales indicated 155,236 running bales for the week of September 19th. New crop December cotton finish, 6027 down 18. The spot market price, 6028 down 17. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of
0: Louisiana Agriculture podcast. At Dominique's livestock market in Baton Rouge and Opelousas this week, two to 300 pound steers brought $1.15 to $1.75 a pound. Three to four weight steers, $1.10 to $1.65. Four to five hundred pounders brought dollar $1 to $1.60 a pound. Five to six weight steers, $0.90 cents to $1.39, with six to seven weight steers bringing $0.80 cents to $1.27 a pound. Slaughter cows range from $0.20 cents to $0.58 cents a pound. Slaughter bulls, 60 to $0.86. Cents. On the futures market, we saw mixed prices. October live cattle down 5 cents, 102.95, October feeder cattle up 65, closing at 143.10. November feeders up 32 cents. Sugarcane planting is wrapping up in Louisiana while cane harvest is getting underway. We'll check in with Iberville Parish sugarcane grower Cecil Ramagas next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture
1: Podcast. As the old saying goes, close only counts in horseshoes. So why take the chance with weather information when it comes to critical decisions with your fields? It's time to experience pinpoint field-level forecasts that are 40% more accurate than the competition. Experience the DTN Ag Weather Station. With this level of information, you'll know exactly what's happening at any time in your actual fields. This allows you to plant, spray, and harvest with a new degree of precision. Head to DTN.com
2: today to learn more.
0: The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast. Our guest today is Cecil Ramagas. Cecil is a sugar cane grower in Iberville Parish. Cecil, how are things going for you today?
4: Going pretty good.
0: Well, I imagine you are getting busy. I know that cane harvest is getting underway, but before we talk about that, let's talk about planting. Have you wrapped up planting, and how did planting go for you this year?
4: We sure did. We wrapped up about two and a half weeks ago. Uh, the planting went fairly well. We we started out very short. The the crop was very short, and uh, stand-wise, it was okay. And we, uh, we kind of planted for about a week or so and then got into a rainy period shut us down for almost two weeks and we started back. The crop had taken a noticeable difference. It had it had taken some good growth and uh from that point on the weather cooperated with us and we were able to make short work of it.
0: What varieties did you put in this year? Did you try any of the new varieties?
4: Oh absolutely. Um my dad and a couple of old timers always told me plant it till it proves you wrong. So um we give them we give them all a fair shake on our farm because every farm is different um we we used the new uh 615 and the 201 we expanded both of those we purchased it uh through the league and um uh, right now on uh I have a clean tech uh satellite uh station on the farm here and we planted six different varieties on that on that uh station i've never had more than three at a time so that's highly unusual but that's a good thing because we have that many varieties to choose from um you know varieties uh, variety development is the the lifeblood of our industry and without research and and uh, you know the breeding program that we have with lsu and usda uh, we don't have an industry There's there's no private companies doing, doing work on any of this. So, um, the varieties are what keep us what keeps us going, you know, and, and right now we've, we've got some good choices.
0: Well, I know harvest is just getting started. Cecil, have you started yet?
4: We started this morning. We sure did.
0: Well, I know we're only one day in, but how do you feel right now about the 2019 cane harvest?
4: The, the the crop i feel a lot better about the crop uh, right now uh, you know i think i don't think we'll have the same crop that we had last year but uh, it's improving um and it's in different areas you ride through the industry you see all different all different types and um it's just right now with the weather that we have and boy it's hard not to get a whole lot done um uh, Weather's fantastic. We we were dry for a change and uh we had adequate moisture on our crop that we planted. You know, we had some moisture come right after we finished, so things are pretty good right now.
0: Well, let's talk about this crop. Um I know it has been a crazy year, regardless of what crop you're growing. How has the cane responded to the crazy weather year that we had this year?
4: We uh it's it's <laughs> as you said, it's crazy um a lot of unique things happen you know from the wet harvest last year wet spring Uh, on top of that we farm right here close to the mississippi river so we dealt with that high river for what 200 and something days it was above flood stage we're about maybe three and a half four miles as the crow flies from the river and we still deal with uh some seep water where old water wells are different things. And I think that affected our crop because I, I'm no scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but I think our soil temperature was kept a lot cooler than what it should have been longer. And I think that's what took this crop so long to get going get moving.
0: Well, what are you expecting? You already kind of hinted at that, that, uh, maybe not quite a, as good a crop this year, but overall. What are you expecting? How does it look as you get that cane harvester in there?
4: Right now we're starting in some of our, uh, our heavier ground and, uh, quite naturally some older stubble. And, uh, we're starting out probably mid twenties, uh, you know, as far as tonnage goes from the reports I've heard about the sugar, the sugar has been running pretty well on in places. So, um, with that being said, uh, I'm thinking that we're going to be average. I like to use a five-year average to kind of judge the beginning of my crop until we get into it and see. And I think we're going to be close to that average.
0: Well, Cecil, anything else about the growing season this year that stood out to you? Any kind of uh, particular insect problems, disease pressure, anything like that to talk about?
4: Not really. We, we had a pretty quiet uh, boar season, you know, as far as insects go. We, um, in our area, we didn't have that much of a problem. We have a, uh, we had that little storm came through here, Barry, and I think everybody experienced the Barry crook. Uh, we've got a little small crook in the cane at the very bottom because the crop was so short when it uh, when the storm came through. And uh, it presented a little problem with planting and all, you know, to get a, a good job, a really clean job of planting. But uh, it's a whole lot better than what it could have been.
0: The Barry crook, huh? that's what you're calling it?
4: And the Barry Crook, correct. Right.
0: <laughs> Cecil Ramagas, he's a sugar cane producer, Iberville Parish. Cecil, I know you're getting harvest underway today, so I'm going to let you go. Just be careful out there, and I wish you the best harvest season.
4: Sure thing. Thank you, ma'am.
0: That wraps up the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Thursday, September 26th of 2019. We'll be back tomorrow, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and LAFarmBureau.org